three, eight. Cut my hair, Monica. Ember Island is even worse than the prince thought it would be. He remembers it, how it used to be, which doesn't make things any better, because he remembers the sound of the water against the shore, and Azula laughing and the happy sounds that their family made, that one day they just never made again. And Azula laughing and the happy sounds that their family made that one day, they just never made again. The fact that he has to stand around with Mai and Tai Lee and Azula and pretend he wants to talk to any of them doesn't make it any better. The prince discovers an old photo of his family, and just looking at it has all of his emotions building up inside him like a typhoon. His heart is burning a hole in his chest, and his throat is closing in on itself, choking him with regret and grief and everything else. He wishes they hadn't come here. Nine. Azula finds him sitting on the stairs, holding a slab of stone with his own tiny handprint in it. He doesn't feel like him and the little ghost of a child made the handprint can exist on the same plane, because he feels tainted and wrong, and he doesn't want to hurt that old body he used to wear. It has suffered enough for him. Come on, she says. He can tell what her eyes are saying without looking up. This place is depressing. He goes with her. They all gather around the campfire, sitting around like they're actually happy about any of this. The prince burns the picture. He doesn't need it. It doesn't even look like him anymore. Ten. He yells at Tai Lee. Actually, he yells at everyone, including himself. But first he yells at Tai Lee. He calls her a circus freak. The words taste bitter on his tongue. Who are you angry at, Zuko? Tai Lee asks. Everyone repeats the question, and it's said so much that the words begin to pound on the inside of his skull, like he's being split open and dissected for everyone to watch. He doesn't want them to look at him anymore. He just wants everyone to stop moving and talking for two minutes so we can have some fucking quiet to gather his thoughts. I'm angry at myself. He finally pulls loose when all the other words get too big to drag out of his throat. It's not the right answer, but it's not exactly the wrong one either. He's angry at everyone and everything all the time, and he can't escape it because it's always there, buzzing under his skin like a swarm of vulture wasps waiting to pick him apart. He hates all of them. Mai's apathy and Tylee's fantasy world and Azula's inability to just ever fucking say she loves him for once in her life. And he hates himself for being angry and a traitor and a monster. 
and he hates the whole world too. Maybe that's the one thing they all have in common. A mutual hatred of the world. Either that, or breaking some rich asshole's stuff. Or maybe both. Eleven. Maybe the prince should be more surprised that his great-grandfather was Avatar Roku, but as it stands, his life is too crazy to surprise him anymore. He doesn't know how Uncle got the letter to him, though. He wonders. Twelve. At first, he doesn't think he's invited to the war meeting. Then he gets invited, and he sits at his father's side, and realizes he's doing exactly what the prince should do. He sits down at the right hand of the Fire Lord, settles himself in, doesn't speak unless spoken to, and agrees with everything his father says. Him and Azula trade only a single sidelong glance. But as the meeting moves forward, he starts to realize that this isn't who he is. He's not small and settled in and obedient. He feels like he's been putting together a puzzle, and just found out that he only has a quarter of the right pieces, and that everything he's been building has been part of the wrong picture. He doesn't know what to do with the idea that this isn't what he wants. Thirteen. He doesn't think he is the prince, really. He doesn't think any of the lives he's put together have been what he is. But he also doesn't know what to be without them. But he does have a bit of an idea. Fourteen. He sits in the ceiling beams for a long time, thinking. No one notices his presence even as the stars begin to emerge from their place in hiding. The Fire Lord is... wrong. And he's known that for a long time now. He just hasn't let himself admit it. Because if the Fire Lord is wrong, then that means what he did was wrong. It also means that none of this will ever be easier. The eclipse starts tomorrow. The Avatar is alive. The Avatar is a child. Maybe, if they knew each other back then, they could have been friends. He heads for the kitchen. Fifteen. Tell anyone about this and you're dead. The prince casually tells the lonely chef, still packing up his things. The chef jumps at the voice, turning sharply to watch the son of Firelord Ozai begin to unload the flour from the cupboards. Yes, sir! The chef squeaks, nodding and exiting the kitchen as fast as possible. The prince gets to work. When he's done, he drifts towards Azula's room. He sheds his skin in the hallway and lets it float away with his deep exhale. The brother knocks on his sister's door.
1. Devil Town Version 2. Cave Town. The sick shall be treated. Zuzu? Azula is rubbing at her eyes, but they snap open when she smells what he's holding. Her eyes go wide, and they look over his entire form. Flower on his pants, like he wiped them off without thinking. A tiny smile and the glistening gold eyes that they share. She huffs out a little breath of laughter, rolls her eyes, and opens up the door fully. Do you want a muffin? He asks, unable to resist a little laughter of his own. She shakes her head and grabs one. Why are you here, Zuzu? She responds before biting into the muffin. Her eyes go wide and she looks at him in surprise. Where did you learn to cook? Does it matter? He lowers himself down to a sitting position on the floor, back propped up against Azula's bed. He sets down the tray between them, and after a second's hesitation, Azula drops down next to him. Which one? Both. He takes a long pause looking around her room. Her hair is almost messy, just an inch off of perfect. He grabs one of the muffins, leaning forward and staring down at it. The invasion is tomorrow. Obviously. He chuckles. You're going to destroy this place as soon as you can, aren't you? She looks over at him and grins, a bit of muffin stuck between her teeth like she's five again, and they're sneaking into the kitchen to get an extra cookie after Mom only allowed them one at dinner. And the salt in the earth behind me. They sit for a long time, like that, quiet with the remnants of laughter still hanging in the air between them. For once, it's not sad, though. Instead, it's like when the sun is shining, even though the moon is still sitting up in the sky. So, you're really going to do it, aren't you? She doesn't make eye contact when she says it. His smile slides away. She doesn't have to specify. Yeah. And why shouldn't I stop you? Or better yet, do it myself. Because then everyone will know you did it. So why shouldn't I stop you? Because then I'll leave. Their eyes meet this time. Gold greeting gold in a cold staring contest. He hopes she doesn't try to stop him. He doesn't know what he'll do if she does. Fine. What do I get out of it? The brother nearly deflates with relief. I'll give Mai the power to name you my heir, only if she's positive you didn't kill me. Wow, paranoid much? You really think I would kill you? You've been trying since you were six. I'm not an idiot, Lala. His voice is cold, but Azula laughs anyway. She doesn't even seem to register the old childish nickname. He can't stay mad at her, though. If his big brother instincts didn't die when she pushed him off her roof eight years ago, it sure as hell isn't going to die now. Fine. Fine. Silence. Good luck. I'll need it. I know, dum-dum. That's why I said it. He smiles softly. He wishes they were different and better and more than they are now. But he can't make them any of that. All he can do is enjoy this more while it lasts. He hopes it lasts. He doesn't leave this body behind. 
Instead, he folds it up and packs it away for when it can be better used. He closes its eyes. He doesn't want it to have anything to do with what comes next. Devil Town is colder in the summertime. I'll lose my mind at least another thousand times. Hold my hand tight, we'll make it another night. I still get a little scared of something new, but I feel a little safer when I'm with you. Falling doesn't feel so bad when I know you're falling this way too. One, choke. I don't know how, but they found me. Containing dangerous forces. The traitor curls up in the throne room, hidden in the shadows for hours. His muscles begin to cramp a little ways in, but he takes only minimal time and space to stretch them out. His dial blades would reflect the torchlight if it wasn't as dark as it was. The traitor watches his father, the Fire Lord, lounging on his throne waiting for the Avatar. The traitor prays to Agni that the Avatar will not arrive. He counts down in his head the seconds to the Eclipse spending every one of them repeating to himself that he's doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing, he tells himself when the eclipse starts and his window begins to close. He's doing the right thing, he tells himself when his father doesn't realize he's there. He's doing the... jumping down onto the throne. Right. It's not a fair fight. Thing. Slicing open his father's throat, watching the blood drip. He's doing the right... Downs his father. Thing. Neck. He's doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing! He drops to his knees and presses his forehead to his father's chest, watching intently as the life drains away and the minutes left in the eclipse tick to a close. He walks away. Uncle is already out. Of course Uncle is already out. He shouldn't have expected anything else. Three. Did you do it? Azula asks the brother. Yes, he whispers back. Good. Yeah, yeah. 
four. They end up blaming Ozai's death on assassins. An incredibly unfortunate occurrence, leaving his two children orphaned and his only son on the throne at sixteen. A tragedy. One of the guards, one of the ones that was there when the traitor was born, and has watched his whole life flicker by, gives a nod of approval when the soon-to-be Fire Lord passes by. Good. He doesn't need this body anymore. He tears it off and walks away, bloody and shaky and upright. He's done baking gods he does not know for peace. He will make peace himself. And if that makes him a god, so be it. One, you should see me in a crown. The right of self-determination. Bide my tongue, bide my time, wearing a warning sign. Wait till the world is mine. Visions I vandalize, cold in my kingdom size. Fell for these ocean eyes. You should see me in a crowd I'm gonna run this nothing tell Watch me make them bow One by, one by, one One by, one by You should see me Zuko is crowned within the next two days. The official story is accepted, but the members of the palace who have watched Zuko grow up all seem to know the truth, if the looks they give him are anything to go by. He sits on his father's throne, Preparing to give the orders of withdrawal and surrender, mind already swarmed with the voices of the general's objections. Then, he sucks in a deep breath and takes everything in. He looks to his side, at Azula, loyal to no one but herself. He can do that. His gaze slides down to the Council of Generals, still probably loyal to his father, the ones who covered him in blood and threw him to the wolves when he had nothing but the leftovers of his spite to forge into a weapon. He can do that, too. His mouth tastes like conquered dirt. He swallows, and it only gets drier. One of the generals makes eye contact. Their gaze only holds for a few seconds before slipping away. He's going to burn this city to the fucking ground. Azula's voice echoes in his head. And salt the earth behind me. Yes, Zuko agrees. And salt the earth behind me.
terrible time That's fine, cause nothing's gonna scare us now We're all in our dressing gowns Mine's white and stripy, yours is green and brown I forgot my name again I think that's something worth remembering Spiders in your favorite shoes Just leave them because they're more scared of you Devil Town is colder in the summertime I'll lose my mind at least another thousand times Hold my hand tight, we'll make it another night I still get a little scared of something new But I feel a little safer when I'm with you Falling doesn't feel so bad when I know you're falling this way too Life's a tree in devil town My ears have acclimated to the sound Pretty faces fly around and around my head As it contemplates the sound i found It's lovely in the evening time But every time I close my eyes The sunshine gets a little dimmer now The clouds fall down I sink my teeth into my fingers Blossom swims across the river How do you feel so close my eyes the colors fade and change inside my mouth it's all too loud i sink my teeth into my fingers blood forms branches in the water it's lovely in the Time, but every time I close my eyes, the sunshine gets a little dimmer now. The clouds fall down. I sink my teeth into my fingers. Blossom swims across the river. How you feel so proud every time I close my eyes. The colors fade and change inside my To my fingers, blood forms branches in the water. Another thousand times Hold my hand tight We'll make it another night I still get a little scared of something new But I feel a little safer when I'm with you Falling doesn't feel so bad When I know you're falling this way too